Dyke centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, this hour is underway as we get a brand new week started. Happy Monday. It's March 20th. And welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. It's Pat and Wes Gilbertson of Post Media along with you. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. And we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Later on this hour, head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, Mitch Lovell, join us, the Red Hot Wranglers, who keep on fighting for top spot in their division, and thus a bye in round one of the American League playoffs. It's all coming up, but let's start this hour by talking about Nazem Kadri because he is very much in the spotlight right now. Last two games, he's hovered around 13 minutes. He was under 13 Thursday in Vegas, just over 13 Saturday at home to Dallas. In both those games, he's clearly been the team's number three or number four center. And on Saturday, benched late in the third period, didn't play the last, what, two and a half minutes of the third and did not see a single shift in an overtime that almost went the distance. What, they scored with 13 seconds remaining in overtime uh, when Jason Robertson won the game? 12.3. So there is definitely something to talk about here. Regardless of what I'm about to play, there is something to talk about. And then our buddy Elliot Friedman added a little bit more to it on the latest 32 Thoughts podcast. Him and Jeff available wherever you get your podcast right now. Uh, this was released on early Monday morning. Uh, this uh, a little bit more on where things are with Nazem Kadri and the Flames. Kadri gets benched. It's a weird benching to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the one thing I'll say about Kadri is the best thing about him, and you remember his interview on the ice last year with with Dave Amber after they won the cup, he's blunt. He's going to say what's on his mind. And I've heard that Kadri's been very vocal about what he sees going on in Calgary and why the team isn't firing on all cylinders. And I think he's been very blunt about just the communication between players and the coach there. So I'm betting some of that frustration boiled over in that game on Saturday night. So that's got some tongues wagging on this uh, Monday, and for good reason. Uh, It's an an interesting little addition to the whole conversation. So I don't really see this a whole lot different than the Jonathan Huberto situation. The only thing that may be a little bit different for me is that it's it's been a little less public, right? There's been a... Now, Daryl has been very adamant over the last little bit. I don't want to say taking shots, but he's called out or or suggested he needs more multiple times from Kadri over the last few weeks. Um, obviously, the ice time is speaking rather loudly. You hear that from Elliot. Even uh, I'll play this for you as well. This was Nazem on Saturday morning prior to the Stars game talking about the way he's played. And uh, TSN Salam Valji pressed him a little bit on the ice time. And this was prior to Saturday. Uh, and I, I think the last, I don't know, five seconds or so were kind of interesting as well. Some good, some bad. So, you know, obviously for me, I, uh, you know, for the most part, it can be, I'm, I'm pretty consistent, but, uh, you know, obviously you want to see a few more breaks go your way and maybe a couple pucks go in the net. 
disallowed goal, you know, shootout goals. These, these obviously don't count that much, but, uh, you know, you, you stick with it. Obviously, things are going to turn your way. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Is it, is it like an adjustment going from maybe the usual 17 mm-hmm. minutes a night to, say, 12, 13 that you've been at the yeah. last couple of games? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, of course, that's kind of out of my control a little bit. Uh, anytime I, you know, I step on the ice, I'm going to be ready to go. So that's the uh, most important part. So I, I just, that last part where he says, it's out of my control a little bit. Part of it is in his control. I guarantee you play better. You'll get more ice time. But honestly, when I, I, I think that there is a disconnect going on here between new player and this coach too. I, I don't really think it's all that different when it comes to high-paid player in his first year with Daryl Sutter being on a different, co- different plane, different page as the coach. We've talked a lot about that with Huberto. I think a lot of the things that we have said about Jonathan, we can apply to this conversation with, with Kadri in terms of some of the, I don't know, oil and water, butting heads, not being on, on the same page, not seeing eye to eye. I think a lot of those things can, can be brought into this conversation with Kadri as well, especially now that we heard that from, from Elliot on 32 Thoughts. Yeah, and I think this conversation was delayed by the fact that he was often lumped together with Jonathan Huberdeau. They were two guys playing on the same line, yep. and the storyline was always the Flames need more out of Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberdeau. They need more offense out of those two. We we heard Daryl Sutter say it plenty of times. We heard him allude to it even more times. And so Jonathan Huberdeau, because of what his agent tweeted, because of how upfront he is about his frustration with his lack of production he became maybe the poster boy for that conversation and then Daryl Sutter finally split up a Huberto Kadri combination that wasn't working and what we saw is all of a sudden Nazem Kadri is skating between Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis on I know some called it the third line it was such an obvious fourth line to me and the and ice time absolutely suggested. absolutely and the next game Milan Lucic was a healthy scratch. I mean, that tells you what's yeah. going on. And and so that really shone the spotlight for me on on this situation. Obviously, Elliot's the very best at what he does. And and yet the one thing I wrote down as I was listening to that for the fifteenth time today, because it's one of those you kind of keep replaying because you want to hear it again. I'm not sure it was a weird benching for me. Because of the way he's been playing. And so to have his ice time dwindle the way it has, to be on the fourth line all of a sudden, I wasn't that surprised to see him not on the ice at the end of regulation. And then the way that he played Saturday against the Dallas Stars, I quite frankly wasn't the least bit surprised to not see him on the ice in overtime. And then if we go back a few hours to the conversation that you played in the morning. One thing that I was sort of startled by was to hear him say, well, you guys know me. I'm pretty consistent. Nazem Kadri has not been consistent for the Calgary flames in the last 20 games and, and potentially going back a lot further than that. But, Mm -hmm. but let's hone in on since the all-star break, he has not been a consistently impactful player. And yet as I drove to the studio today, knowing we were going to have this discussion, I wonder how much of that comment he made is not wanting 
to give Daryl Sutter the satisfaction of him coming out in public and saying, yeah, I haven't been playing very well. There, There's a very clear butting of heads going on yep. right now. And, and Elliot, because he's the best at this, brought that to the forefront. But I think this has been bubbling. It sure feels that way to me. It does. And that's why I say I, I think that a lot of the things that we've talked about with Huberto and, and some of the kind of not seeing eye to eye or butting of heads as has happened with Kadri as well. You're talking about two pretty, and I, I hate using the term set in their ways because that, that's, that always has a derogatory kind of uh, connotation to it. But what I mean by that is Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberto have both gotten to where they are as decade-plus NHL veterans and top-flight NHLers in one instance, a really important part of a Stanley Cup winner. In another instance, a guy that just set a record for assists uh, by a left winger the prior season. Like They have gotten to their where they are in their NHL careers because they've gone about their business a certain way. Daryl Sutter has gotten to where he is as a two-time Stanley Cup winner and a future Hall of Fame head coach by doing his things a very certain way and, and not deviating from them. And so when you're in that spot and Huberto comes in and becomes the highest-paid player next year in franchise history and Nazem Kadri comes in and I believe that's the largest unrestricted free agent that they've ever signed seven years at $49 million. I don't think they've ever done anything like that before off the top of my head. So there's two record setting contracts. The flames signed this off season and, and that comes with a little cachet and expectation from the player coming in. And then all of a sudden it's on different planes and I think you can get something. So I, I know there are some who say, well, this is all on Daryl. He's lost the room. Or this is all on Kadri. Or this is all on Huberto. You play for your coach. It's not that simple. What I know is two things. If we apply it just to Nazem. Number one, they got to figure this out because Kadri's here for six more years and Daryl's here for two more years. And I don't think either of those things are changing. So they got to figure it out because the Flames need Kadri to be a $7 million player and be a guy that drives this thing on and off the ice. And number two, Kadri's got to figure it out ASAP if they want to make the playoffs. Those are the those are the two things I know, even knowing that, yeah, this has not been what I would call the most harmonious of years for a couple of brand new high-profile players. And, and where I would separate them, and, and I agree with so much of, of what you just said, and maybe this is reason for optimism if, if you're the Calgary Flames. Daryl Sutter from all that I've heard or gleaned, wanted Jonathan Huberto to play different. He, we all know the shots that he took at the Florida Panthers style and the system they were playing. He wanted Jonathan Huberto to play different. He wants Nazem Kadri to play better. Yeah. I think, and we've heard Daryl Sutter say that he, he adores Nazem Kadri's game when he's at the top of it. And maybe that is reason for optimism that this can be sorted out a little quicker because he wanted Jonathan Huberto to change his game in a lot of ways. I think he's just asking Nazem Kadri to snap out of it and play better. The interesting part of all of it, because I, I agree with you 100%, I think that differentiation of play different, play better, is I've, I haven't heard it quite cut and dried like that. I think that's a perfect way of putting it. The The thing that I really am interested in and not being inside the locker room 
I'll never know 100%. Of course not. But as Elliot said, as we know, Nazem Kadri is a very emotional, all-in guy who is blunt, is not afraid to tell it like it is publicly, is not allowed to say things that are sometimes deemed to be controversial. Um, he wears his heart on his sleeve, right? And and if behind closed doors there have been, like, if if he's been as blunt and, and as vocal as Elliot is suggesting there, well, then I think that that also goes to the whole idea of have there been a little bit of butting aheads and has Nazem liked the way he's been used or liked the way other guys have been used or like the, all those types of things. That's part of why I think Kadri was such an important signing because, because he wears his heart on his sleeve and because I think he is an emotional leader, but at the same time, sometimes uh, that can be oil and water with a head coach. You know who is the bluntest human being I have ever, ever been around in my entire life? Daryl Sutter. I cannot think of a more blunt human being than than Daryl when it comes to what he thinks, what he's going to tell you, all that type of stuff. He does not mince words. He does not dance around things, especially when it comes to work. And work is as soon as he's inside the doors of a building, that guy is in game mode and game mode only. So you're talking about two guys who tell it like it is, and that's part of their personalities. Yeah, I think that can, I, I think there probably could be a learning curve or an adjustment period in that respect. And on top of that, if you if you kind of ask around about, okay, well, Daryl Sutter was here, you know, for his first stint as head coach, and and if you ask people, not even at the Saddle Dome, but if you just ask people in the hockey business, well, well, how is Daryl Sutter? maybe change since his first stint as the Flames head coach. One of the things that you'll hear is that winning two Stanley Cups only made him more, I don't want to say set in his ways, but strong in his convictions. Right. It it only justified his confidence in what he was doing and how he was doing it. I'm sure that applies to Nazem Kadri too. You know, this is a guy who has always had a ton of self-belief, who's always worn his heart on his sleeve, who's always going to tell it like he sees it. And reaching the top of the NHL's mountain and becoming a Stanley Cup champion and a big part of a Stanley Cup winning team last summer, I think that strengthens that part too. And so we probably shouldn't be surprised to hear that if somebody is vocal about the coach and how he's communicating, it would be Nazem Kadri. Yep. He's in the best position to do it. Fascinating to see how this continues to play out throughout the rest of this year, and maybe more importantly, going into next year, regardless of how this season finishes. It's Pat and Wes with you on this hour of Flames Talk. Uh, looks like Jacob Pelche will get back into the lineup Monday against Los Angeles, coincidentally on the left side of a line with Kadri and Dylan Dubé on the right. So, Two games missed as a healthy scratch for Pelche. Walker Dewar's the guy who draws out of the lineup for Monday's game. But this was quite the topic last week. When uh, when Thursday hit and we found out that Pelche was not going to play in that game, all of a sudden it uh, lit up a bit of a firestorm. And then when he didn't play on Saturday against Dallas, Flames fans were, were still pretty upset. But I, I want to I play a few things for you. First from Saturday and then from morning skate on Monday. But... First of all, th- this was head coach Daryl Sutter. He was asked about Pelche 
and what he needs to get back in the lineup. And I thought it was really interesting to hear what Daryl had to say, followed by what Rasmus Anderson had to say. But first, here's uh, head coach Daryl Sutter on Jacob Pelche and what he's seen from him so far. Pelche's been really good for us. You know what? It's it's uh, with him. He's played he's played a lot of hockey. You know, he didn't get the the All Star break. He went back to the Wranglers and he played going into the break and he's played played pretty significant minutes here. I think. Probably going back to even the Anaheim game here, I think he was starting to hit a little bit of a wall, and just where, you know, he's where he couldn't do everything he wanted to do, or yet where you or or what he's capable of doing. I think so. Just just doing a little reset. I mean, he's and you guys keep asking that question about these young guys. Well, you know what? They got to do their time. They got to play the game, right? They play in the American League. They get kind of dug in there and set and like what's the difference you guys are asking the very same question they asked last year about Dylan that you probably asked two years ago against Boatman's that you asked three years ago against Rass there's the same questions these guys just got to grow as players they're good players leave them just leave them alone and that's part of my responsibility to them young guys just leave them alone let them max it out when they get the opportunity those other guys you mentioned then Dylan and, and Andrew and Raz like how how can they be the roadmap in terms of what did they do properly that has them at this well, point? Well, last year when Dylan would, or the year before, whenever it was, when Dylan would get set up, set down for a game, it was like major issue, right? Instead of what the team was doing, it was about how come Dylan's not playing well. <laughs> they just got to grow. They're kids. You know, you look how far somebody like that's come. And, and in the same age, right? The same, you, if you do the, for example, if you did a player, I bet you like, Dubé and Pelche or, or a defenseman, defenseman, you look at where they're at, 22, 21, what do they do? What do they do at the American League? What do they do at the NHL? They get 20, 30 games. It just takes time. So that was Daryl Sutter on Saturday morning. I thought, and, and it, it just, to me, on this one, I actually don't mind it when it comes to having Pelche sit for a couple of games because we are talking about a guy who is still adjusting to the NHL. Seven points in his 22 games. We're not talking about him being an offensive superstar. I think he has clearly shown the NHL is where he belongs. He can add a little jump. He can add a little enthusiasm, add lots of pace to what this team is doing and what this team wants to do. But sometimes getting sat down for a little bit, and in this case, just two games and then back in, We've seen it with a lot of young players. Derek brought up last hour on our roundtable. He brought up, and and Johnny's different because it was so early in his career. Yeah. But Sam Bennett sat about midway through his rookie year. Matthew Kachuk sat about, what, 20 games or so into his rookie year? Well, this is 20 games or so into Jacob Pelche's rookie NHL season, and he's getting sat. It's, it's not just a performance thing. It's more of... Okay, the NHL is a different level. It is a different level mentally. It is a different level skill-wise. It is a different level in terms of the tax that it puts on your body. And if energy levels are judged to start waning a little bit with a young player, I don't mind him getting sat down. So I think a lot of the criticisms this year on the way or or over the last couple of years on the way that Daryl has utilized young players, I think a lot of them have been fair and a lot of them I've I've agreed with to an extent. On this one... I actually, I, I, I get what he's doing here. And unless you are the top of the top, sometimes 
as a young player, sometimes this happens. And and I'm really interested to see now what type of jolt Pelche's got underneath him, refreshed and reset, and what that can do for the team here down the stretch. What made Saturday morning at the Saddledome, which is when Daryl Sutter made those comments that you just played, so fascinating for me is that we had an opportunity right after to go into the room and talk to a couple of the guys that he mentioned. And and I'd just be repeating you and repeating this next guy to go too deep into it, but that part that you talk about of hitting a wall, of, of losing some of that enthusiasm, I think that happens for all players, and especially for a guy like Jacob Pelche, who the enthusiasm is such a big part of it. If if he had played really well in Arizona on, I guess it would have been Tuesday night, and then come out, I think the uproar might have been a little bit more justified. I thought that was probably his toughest outing. He he hasn't made a lot of really glaring mistakes, yep. and there were some that night, including on the play that ended up being the overtime winner. But let's tee this up, because I thought what Rasmus Anderson had to say about being healthy scratched early in his career. And we all know what a consistent and strong player he's become for the Calgary Flames. Thought this was really good stuff. By the way, this was asked by intrepid reporter Wes Gilbertson. Well, my first full year, I, I, I remember I was scratched in uh, in San Jose on a back-to-back. And, uh, well, you know, I talked to, it was Billy at the time, and we talked, and uh, I I think... The outside world makes a bigger deal than it really is because, you know, when you're a young guy and, uh, you know, you're trying to be able to become a full-time NHLer, it's uh, it's hard. And, uh, you know, I don't think people realize just how many games we actually play. And it's different from, you know, if you're playing Europe or you're playing the AHL. You know, it's here, it's, uh, it's game night in, night out. And the AHL, you know, you usually play Friday, Saturday, and uh, then you have a full week of practice. So I think... It, I mean, in my opinion, it's not the end of the world, and especially for a young guy, I think it's um, it's it's something you need to learn and something you uh, you need to go through. And um, sometimes it's honestly it's good for you to just sit and watch and take a step back and, and kind of focus, uh, you know, focus and get that hunger. And uh, kind of when you're back in the lineup, um, you know, just uh, you know, what do I have to do to stay in the lineup night in night out? And uh, it, it, it's a it's a learning process for everyone. Doesn't matter who you are, and uh, and uh, I remember, you know, I, I had to take a step back and just kind of think to myself, what do I have to do to stay in the lineup night in, night out? And uh, and it's um, as I said, it can be good for you if you handle it well. And uh, but I, like as I said, it's it's so many games, and people don't. I don't think people realize how many games it is. And doesn't matter as I said, if you come from you know the top league in Sweden or if you play in the AHL, it's just. It's it's a game night in night out, and you just have to reset and recover, and then play. Reset, recover. It doesn't matter if you, you know, played a bad game the night before. You just gotta reset and be a better version of yourself the next day. And that's that's really what this league is all about. That was uh, Rasmus Anderson on Saturday morning as well. And just a quick side note, I always find, and this is why, you know, I've made the case for Michael Backlund as captain. If they wanted to go Rasmus as captain. I find that Rasmus gives you the best stuff when he's defending a teammate. I remember how, like, I think you were the one who asked him during, it was, I think it was the the 56-game schedule. I think it was you who asked him about Yuso, and Yuso being sat out, and he Terrific. gave you, he gave, like, he was pissed and gave a really good answer about, like, 
get off the guy's back. He's learning it's tough. And and similar, not pissed, but similar, similar type response here. And and I just I really appreciate the way that, that Rasmus always goes to bat for his teammates. I think he'd make a really good captain. Age way age range works as well. Quick side note, back to the matter at hand. I thought it was really interesting. And and speaks again to the whole idea of sometimes as a young player. This league can grind you down, so that reset. And it's, I'll read you. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll read you this from Joel and Claris home, and then react to all of what we've heard. But Joel says, "I think we're going to see some jump in Pelche. As much as Daryl might be sending a message, he's also put Pelche back onto an AHL-like rest schedule, which he's been long accustomed to. He'll be ready and full of it against the Kings." Um, yeah, I, I think that rest and energy levels with a player like like him. I think it can be important sometimes, and I think that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, and I, you know, for all the criticism that Daryl Sutter has faced, a lot of it warranted um, in his treatment of young players, and and we all know the what number did he wear or what yep. n- what number yep. is he incident. I thought publicly Daryl Sutter went out of his way to stress that he wasn't taking Jacob Pelche out of the lineup because he was playing poorly, and I think that's a really important part of it too that that he essentially was saying hey this isn't you know this isn't necessarily a performance related benching this is an energy related benching and everything that we know about Jacob Pelche and the way he operates and the sort of sponge that he wants to be to coaching I I would be surprised if he didn't have a hell of a game tonight well listen to Jacob he spoke on Monday morning and he seems like a pretty energized guy going in. I think for me, it's to uh, bring speed, you know, uh, be good uh, on that, the forecheck and uh, produce offense also. You know, I think you kind of talked a little bit about just maybe what you take away from, you know, an opportunity to take a, take a you know, quick look from up top and see things a little differently. What what did you take away from a couple of years? Well, I think, you know, the past uh, five games, I think, you know, it's kind of... Uh, not down, but I was kind of tired, and and it showed. So uh, for me, it was just kind of a, a reset. And uh, you know, uh, tonight it's uh, to bring speed. And uh, yeah, I mean, Rasmus spoke about that the other day. I mean, that's part of the process, yeah, too, right? I mean, is that is that you know normal, natural? I suppose to go through that and just kind of understand that too. I think it is. Uh, you know, I think it was good for me to to watch two games. That I think you you kind of learn a lot. You know, when I first got called up I watched six game and uh, I think you learn you know all the guys are playing and uh, you know they're, they're kind of like uh, for me you know I, I watch manage a lot of dudes and uh, I think you know you 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 kind of learn a lot so when you uh, you you come back in uh, you're uh, good to go that was uh, Jacob Pelche Monday morning as he gets back in the lineup against the Kings it sure feels like even he's like yeah you know what I, I kind of I needed it. I was tired. I was not where I needed to be. He even sounds like a refreshed and ready to go, more ready to go player going into this one. Could be a fun line tonight. Pel- him, Pelche, Cadre, and Dylan yeah. Dubé. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch those guys. And I, I think we saw a little bit. To, uh, he comes back out, but I think we saw some of that energy, some of that uh, something to prove out of Walker Dewar on on Saturday, and and I'm anxious to see. Jacob Pelche tonight in yeah. Los Angeles. I, I I really think that 
the way that this was handled and the way it's been messaged, I, I think this can be a good thing for him. Yep. I and I I hope so because I'd really like to see him back in and back in for the rest of the year because he's a exciting player to watch and he's just a really easy guy to cheer for because that energy seems like it even like he it's infectious to us like yeah. we're like yeah I'm more Jacob Pelche because he's a really easy guy to like and a really easy guy to cheer for and he's going to be one of those guys not too far down the road that you put his name on the lineup template and never take it out. Yeah, he, he's going to be one of those guys that is just an every nighter in this league. And as much as it might seem like a step backward, the last two nights could help him get there. It's Pat and Wes with you. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Anything and everything Calgary Flames. It's all on Flames Talk. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Calgary's is the only family of products curated for the taste of Calgarians, and you'll only find them at Calgary Co-op. It's Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson on a Monday, and Mondays mean we check in with the head coach of the AHL's Calgary Wranglers, the number one affiliate to the Calgary Flames. Mitch Love joins us right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Since our last chat with Mitch one week ago, Wranglers took a 5-0 win in Tucson on Friday, then fell 3-2 in a shootout to that same Roadrunners team on Saturday. Mitch, appreciate the time. As always, my friend, how are we doing today? Doing all right, guys. It's uh, always good to catch up with you. Yeah, you as well. Always uh, awesome to check in. And uh, as we move towards the postseason, even more exciting these days. But uh, how how do we look back at, at your weekend in Arizona? Well, I thought we played some pretty good hockey. Um, you know, we had a bit of a bit of a hard time putting the puck in the back of the net on, on Saturday night there. Um, but... You know, we were still managed to, uh, you know, tie the game up late and, and give ourselves an opportunity through overtime in the shootout. And, you know, uh, they ended up just taking that extra point against us. So, you know, you look back at it, um, you know, to get seven out of eight points on that trip um, where we've played a lot of hockey here over the last uh, couple months uh, and very heavy on the road. Um, you know, I was proud of the guy's effort in, in terms of, you know, scratching away at getting that extra point the other night. And, uh, you know, now we get ourselves a little bit of rest here and, and move forward here into this week. Well, and, and, and last week, Mitch, we talked a lot about, you know, you clinched and, and that accomplishment. Now you're playing out your, your final stretch of games before you go into the postseason, but still a ton on the table. How, how now that you have clinched and you've played two games, knowing that you've got an X beside your name in the standings, how how energizing or motivating do you feel like that battle with Coachella Valley is? I know you've got one left with them, but just overall fighting for that top spot is is that something that you feel is is really driving the group now? I think so. Um, you know, at the end of the day, and I think we we kind of spoke on this last week. Uh, all we can do is try to take care of our schedule and you know the opponents that uh, are in front of us, starting with San Diego this week. Um, you know, and, and 
you look at Coachella's schedule and, and, and everything here down the stretch as well, I mean, they're a team that doesn't seem to lose too many hockey games. And, uh, you know, we got to try to do our part to at least, you know, um, you know, keep ourselves in the conversation for trying to finish first here in the division. Well, now, as you mentioned, a little bit of a rest. You're home for a couple of weeks. You don't play again until the weekend. I, I, I believe you're you're practicing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week. Like, nice to be able to get just a week where you can reset some practice time, and and you've got a little bit more time to get some details honed in. I, I you don't usually get this opportunity this late in the season. No. Um... We're, we're just coming off 14 out of 17 nights in a hotel. And, uh, you know, you know, even the two games that we came home for against Colorado before we went on our 10-day our trip down to, you know, Southern California and Arizona, um, you know, those were spent to the rink in terms of, of playing Colorado. So we've really been around each other like 16 of the last 17 days. And, um, you know, I told the guys after the game the other night in Tucson that, you know, we're going to take a few days here to kind of reset ourselves uh, both mentally and physically um, for these final 10 games. And, you know, we're, we're still going to give ourselves a couple days of practice this week, which has kind of been rare with our schedule. Um, but I, I feel it's really, really important um, for our guys to to just get away from the game here for a few days and, yeah. and you know, spend time with their wives, their girlfriends, um, just try to relax the mind a little bit, and then when it's time to get back to work, we get back to work. But you know, it's we're we're, we're embarking on a, on a hopefully a long journey here with with these ten games and, a, and hopefully a, a lengthy playoff run. Um, so it's going to be important our guys are taking advantage of this time off and away from the rink. Crazy to think we're here. Only four more this this homestand. Your last stretch of regular season home games before the playoffs. And that it it, it kind of hit home when I saw that when I was just uh, getting ready for this today. Like, oh man. That's right. Only four more home games than a six-game trip, and then and then it's playoff time. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe. It's uh, I don't know what it is. It seems like this season's maybe flown by a little quicker than last. Um, you know, I know we battled a little bit of COVID last year and had some delays to our season, so yeah, maybe that was the reason it kind of drug out. Um, but this year, yeah, it's just flown by. I mean, I think maybe a little added travel where you're on the road and. You know, it kind of breaks your months up a little bit when you're away uh, from, from home. Um, but, you know, again, it's uh, we're getting to the exciting part of the year. I mean, for us, there's still lots to play for. I mean, there's there's guys uh, searching for jobs next year. There, there's guys that are trying to hone in on their game uh, individually. And, and then ultimately we're, we're in a dogfight here for first place in our division with a very good team uh, in Coachella. So, there's lots to play for, and then obviously whether we finish first, second, third, whatever the, the case may be, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're running on all cylinders and, and healthy in, in the minds and the bodies uh, as we get into the playoffs. Mitch Love is with us. He's the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. He joins us Mondays here on Flames Talk. It's Pat and uh, Wes Gilbertson with you on a Monday. Wes? Mitch, I got a couple for you, and uh, surprisingly after 14 out of 17 nights in the hotel one of them is not uh, Netflix recommendations, although I'm sure you have some after that uh, long on the road. Uh, one guy that's jumped off the the stat sheet for me recently is Nick DeSimone. And I think five game point streak on your back end, three or sorry, two points in the last three of those. I, I'm curious, like here's a guy who finally gets his NHL shot in his late 20s. 
Have you seen since he rejoined the Wranglers, have you seen any change in him to finally get that look at the highest level? Um, you know, if I just spoke upon the recent, his recent play, Wes, like he, he, he got hurt in Colorado, you know, call it three weeks ago and, uh, missed, missed our, our second game of the back-to-backs and, you know, I missed a few days of practice and it, it almost was a blessing in disguise for him and, and for us as a team, because it, it gave him an opportunity to get some rest, um, and since he's come back, uh, I believe that's the sixth game since then, uh, he's been outstanding for us. And, you know, this, this is a young man that, you know, on, on any given night for us plays between 23 and 30 minutes a night. And uh, in all, all situations, um, I've, I've seen a lot of growth in his game, even if he's 27 years old, um, you know, throughout the hockey season. And, and I, I thought it was, a you know, he was deserving of his call up early in the season for the flames. He played good hockey for the flames when he was up there. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those rare situations where you see an, an older player at, at this level, get a chance to play in the national hockey league. Uh, I thought that was a classy move um, by the organization at the time. And, and he, he rightfully deserved it. And, uh, you know, I've said this to Nick before and, and I'll say it again. I think we're real fortunate to, to have him here, you know, this year and next under contract because um, he, he provides a lot of things for our young players. Uh, he's a, he's a pro uh, through and through comes to the rink prepared, puts a lot into his, his game, his focus, his preparation. And, and uh, that's what you need at this level. And you need to have a nice hockey season for us. Let me uh, switch from the workhorse on defense to the last line of defense. And, and we ask you about Dustin Wolf all the time, but we're going into sort of awards buzz season. This is, you know, as the regular season runs out, you start to hear about candidates for various awards. Dustin Wolf has the best goals against average in the AHL, the best save percentage, the most wins, and the most shutouts. So I won't ask you about the goalie of the year award, but I've heard a little bit of buzz lately that he should be considered for the Les Cunningham Award as the AHL's MVP. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I those numbers that you just mentioned, I mean, the, the, this young man's putting up numbers that were they're even more superior than last year. And, uh, you know, I, I think for us as a team, I mean, he's our MVP. We, we've got, we've had a lot of good players for us this year that have contributed to our team's success. Um, but if you asked any of those guys, they, they would say, hey, Wolfie's, Wolfie's our MVP. I mean, he gives us an opportunity each and every night. Um, you know, along with Oscar, when he's in there, a chance to win. And that's all you ever ask. And, you know, the numbers he puts up, the confidence he plays with each and every night. Um, I, I think he's going to put himself in that conversation at the end of the year here. And, uh, I mean, if you asked him, he, he, he could care less. He just wants to do what's, what's right for the team and, and help us win hockey games. And uh, whatever happens, happens down the road. But, He's definitely in that conversation, in my opinion, and of course mm-hmm. I'm biased, but uh, he's been outstanding for us this year. One more, uh, one more individual uh, I just wanted to ask you about, Mitch, and that was uh, we, we we asked you about him right after the trade deadline and, and you know the kind of arduous travel that Dryden Hunt had to get from where he was. I think he was in Hershey, then he had to join you in Colorado. Now you've had him for a few weeks and, and been able to get some some regular games in for Dryden. What, uh, what can you tell us about him and, and how he's fit in? Well, uh, you know, I, I, he's... <laughs> 
I think he's a little frustrated right now offensively. I mean, he's, uh, you know, maybe the pucks aren't going in uh, quite as frequent as he'd like uh, since he's joined us, but, but he's getting a lot of opportunities. And I, I think that's a, that's a key thing right now uh, for him is those opportunities are coming and eventually they're going to go in for him and, and uh, you know, he's going to gain some confidence there, but, but he's been good. I mean, he's again, um, that line of him, Ben Jones and, and Matthew Phillips has been you know pretty good for us here in the seven games that, that Dryden's been a part of our team. Um, again, he's a guy who brings a lot of experience. He's played 200 plus NHL games and, uh, along with his American League experience, and uh, that's key this time of year. And I think the one thing that I, I, I'm impressed with, and I haven't seen Dryden for a long time since our days in the Western League, and that was many years ago, um, is just how competitive he is and, and, you know, how hard he is to play against. Um, you know, and I think obviously this time of year and then headed into the second season, that's going to be real important for our group. And so he, he, he provides that and, uh, you know, he plays with a lot of uh, a lot of energy and, and has some good character to him, and, and you need that here uh, this time of year. Last one for you, and just uh, you you mentioned the week ahead and and how you're gonna kind of manage the the players and manage the rest here prior to your next couple of games. You got two with San Diego this weekend, uh, Friday and Sunday. I guess set us up for not just uh, the week ahead, but but specifically the two games you've got this weekend, Mitch. Well, uh, San Diego has played some really good hockey over the last two or three weeks. Um, they've knocked off some real good teams in our vision. Um, they're they're healthy now. Um, you know, they've they've got you know Glenn Godden's back from injury uh, since the last time we've seen him. Justin Kirkland's back. Uh, Chase Del Leo um, is putting up some good numbers. They made some moves at the deadline. Um, you know, where they added you know, Dylan Sakura. So. They've got a lot of firepower. Um, they're, they're, they're playing with house money, um, so they pose a, a bit of a dangerous threat for us. So we're, we're going to have our hands full. Um, you know, we, we know we have lots to play for here for us in, in terms of the standings, and, uh, you know, we, we've got to make sure we're dialed in on our game and, and the way we need to play to, to shut those guys down. And so we're, uh, we're excited to be back on home ice here for these last four, starting with Friday night, and uh, hopefully there'll be some good crowds there. And, uh you know, see if we can try to manufacture a few more wins. Mitch, appreciate the time as always, man. And uh, I know that uh, I know that there's uh, never really much sleep for a pro hockey head coach, but uh, you don't have any games until the weekend. So uh, hopefully, you're able to get a little bit more sleep this week, and uh, uh, hopefully, you can use the rest and uh, the R and R for yourself as well. Thanks as always for doing this. We'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Take Thanks, care, Mitch. He's Mitch Love. He's the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. He joins us Mondays here on Flamestock, and he joins us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op with new product families, member rewards, and sale events. You'll find more quality, more savings in every department every day at Calgary Co-op. Two games this weekend, two more games next week, then the Wranglers gone for six on the road, and then they'll be back whenever they start their playoffs, round one or round two, depending on where they finish. Uh, and they will start on home ice. So you got four games left to go see an outstanding product. And I know that uh, the, the the cost can sometimes be prohibitive to get to a Flames game. I get that. The product for the Wranglers is outstanding. Uh, you've got them in your backyard. you got four more regular season games. you got a Friday. you got a Sunday. Uh, go, go check out Connor Zeri and Jeremy Poirier and Dustin Wolf 
and some of the top prospects in the Flames organization. You've got an opportunity to go see them this weekend. The product is awesome, and they treat it just like an NHL game in terms of production. Uh, and, you know, got you got a team that's got a chance at winning a championship this year. It's, uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's been neat to have them here, and, and it's going to be fascinating to see what spring brings. I think they have they have like 10 or 11 guys on that team who have played in the NHL Yep. on top of the prospects. You mentioned the Connor Zaris and the Dustin Wolfs and guys that flames fans should be and are legitimately excited about. And so, yeah, if you haven't seen a game yet, it, it is really good hockey. Get out there and check it out. Uh, that'll start to wrap us up this hour. Wes Gilbertson's on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat. Our producers have been Cam and Taylor. And this hour has been the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.